I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Second hour is here, Monday edition. We're recapping the college football and NFL weekend. Live reaction in the moment to USA and Wells playing right now in the opening match between both of these countries for the FIFA World Cup, which is fully underway. The red, white, and blue will play again on Friday, Black Friday, as uh, we'll take on England at 3 o'clock Eastern. All these games on Fox, by the way. And then, of course, a week from tomorrow, it is USA and Iran. A U.S. player just got a yellow card late in this match. Um, That's leading to, I believe, a free kick from Wales. Not a penalty kick, but a free kick. And, Chad, you were saying, just to to begin hour number two here, um, based on reaction to those who follow this globally, and know much more about the matchup than, than we certainly do because we're just fans of uh, the country more than we are the sport. Um, you're saying a, a draw is bad news for USA. Yeah, and it's over now. It's a final. It's a draw, one-to-one, Wales and, and USA. Yeah, people are saying this is going to make it hard to get out of the group stage, that this is a game they needed to win. So now we, I know they were the betting favorite to win this game. Now we need the upset against England or something. I don't understand how that is because it's probably if both Wells and U.S. lose to England, it's all about goal differential. So you just need a close loss to England or to blow out Iran and then have Wells either lose bad to England or close and not blow. You see what I'm saying? It's all, I mean, you need to beat Iran like four to nil right now. Four nil. Listen to you. Four nil. Not four to nil. Four nil. Sorry. Coming I mean, up, you're asking me about things I really don't know a lot well, about. Well, there's your goals. But that's that's my – as I'm interpreting Twitter right now, that's that's all the buzz on the streets, the soccer streets of what needs to happen now. Each get a point. So USA with a point now, uh, England beating Iran. So they have uh, three points in, in lead Group B. Um, By the way, Davey Hudson tells us three million people in Wales. Yeah. That is less than half of the population of the state of Tennessee. That just tied the United States of America. Well, we were lucky to get in, right? It was a big deal when we got into the World Cup. They didn't, they didn't last time. This is They missed the last one, right? And yes. Then this is the first time in eight years they've been playing in a World Cup match. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360 on social. Coming up in an hour, we will be joined by Cole Kublik, ESPN and SEC Network analyst, radio host. Really look forward to having Cole uh, Cube on the show. That'll be uh, right at 5 o'clock Eastern. Chad, some upsets in college football. We opened the show. For those missed it, uh, you could go back and find the audio on the podcast wherever you download your your podcast about Tennessee falling to South Carolina. But think about now the opportunity for South Carolina. And for that matter, we could also start trying to make the comparison for a Georgia Tech 
that pulled off an upset against North Carolina. We've got rivalry matchups coming up. Auburn comes to mind now in the Iron Bowl this weekend. Teams that have a chance to do what Vandy has done, which is put back-to-back wins in probable victories together going into an offseason of momentum and what it would do for the coaches or the coach that's about to take over at Georgia Tech. Again, I don't think anyone's sitting here predicting this going into Thanksgiving weekend that we're going to see some massive upsets across the board. But what would that mean for Cadillac Williams at Auburn beating Alabama? Or what we could see from South Carolina and Spencer Rattler and Shane Beamer already taking down the fifth team in the country and now another another rivalry matchup to end the year. You get my point here. There's, there's some budding energy where we didn't think there was much for some of these programs, including Vandy, who has knocked off Kentucky and Florida and now will host Tennessee this Saturday. Yeah, Vandy's playing for a bowl bid, which is uh, very improbable when you look at their season just a few weeks ago. But winning over Kentucky, winning over Florida – if they were to upset Tennessee, they opened as a two-touchdown underdog. But if they upset Tennessee, they're going bowling. And they got a big win over their rival also to boot. So that would be huge for them. South Carolina is an interesting one. They're, they're a, I want to say, 16-point underdog at Clemson. They could beat Clemson. Based uh, on what we saw. I mean, if Spencer Rattler is half as good as he was Saturday night against Clemson's offense, they're going to have an opportunity in that game. And that would get South Carolina to eight and four, which is a terrific season. Seven and five is a good season for South Carolina, sure, but yeah. it's a basically your expectation minus you know you didn't expect to beat a top five team in Tennessee the way you did. But that's right. If you said, "Hey, South Carolina fan, you're seven and five, you'd have been okay with that, right? And they've got a chance. Well, they've already done that. They've locked it up. But eight and four with a win over top five Tennessee, and then a win over Clemson, your rival is a fantastic season for Shane Beamer. Auburn, 21-point underdog at Bama. They beat Western Kentucky. I brought this up. Tell me Cadillac Williams isn't winning that job or coming close to it if he wins these games and beats Bama. There's going to be a fight for him to be the coach. If he doesn't win the job, there's no way he's leaving the program. right? He's, He's sticking around. And then you've got a situation where if you need to turn back to him, you would, and then he's the guy. So if you're going to do that, wouldn't you allow him? To, again, this is if you're not going to if you're not going to keep him around. I don't know why you make the move if you're making a, a head coach change because the backstretch of the season gives you a chance to win the job, and I don't know how you would move away from that right now if you're Auburn with the way we've seen the Tigers play since they made the coaching change. And uh, Cadillac Williams has been running the program. Uh, hats off to him because yeah. the team plays hard. And yeah, they beat Western Kentucky. But when you go into the weekend and you try to figure out certain upsets, look at what we saw from LSU and UAB with that line or the spread with Auburn and Western. It was, you know, you're looking at it going, what does Vegas know? Meanwhile, you've got Tennessee on the road against South Carolina. And no one's giving the Gamecocks a chance. But, and they won easily. Yeah. So I, I yeah. I mean, I, I would feel the same way as I did last year. Where, you know, uh, that, that Auburn team, if they hang on and win 10 nothing over Bama in the fourth quarter, we're probably not looking or having the big uh, inquiry that went into the, the program in February that really got everything going downhill on the next coaching search and dead man walking and, the, and a staff that knew it. So this is um, an interesting stat from Brett McMurphy, 
who says nine five-win teams play teams who have clinched a bowl, Vanderbilt being one of them. All nine of those teams this weekend are underdogs by Vegas, Vegas underdogs. Missouri, with five wins against Arkansas, is a five-point underdog. Georgia Tech, a 33-point underdog to Georgia. FAU, five-point underdog to Western Kentucky. Rice, 12-point underdog to North Texas. Auburn, 21 at Bama. UTEP, an 18-point underdog to UT San Antonio. Michigan State, one win away from a bowl. 16-point underdog at Penn State. Vanderbilt, plus 14 at home against Tennessee. Miami, a touchdown underdog against Pitt. All of those teams Mm. with five wins trying to get bowl eligible. Which of those programs need it the most as you think through it? Missouri. What does it mean to Cristobal at Miami to be bowl eligible? I think it helps him because he's going to have to develop a young core there, and I think the extra practice helps. Missouri for sure. On this list, I'm saying Miami, I mean Auburn, sure, because of all the implications, and it's the Iron Bowl. Miami, Missouri would top the list. I think Vandy, I don't know that they need it because it's not like there's a big question about Clark Lee after these last two wins. But, I mean, it would be it would give a lot of hope and optimism to that program that hasn't had much in the last four or five years. If they beat Tennessee at home and get to a bowl game, suddenly they're thinking about, hey, what, what can we do with this? How high can we go at Vanderbilt if we just ended the season on a three-game SEC winning streak and are going bowling for the first time? In five or six years, so or since 2018, so four years. Um, but who needs it the most? The way you asked it, I'm going to go Miami, Missouri, Auburn in that order. See, I'm who thinking, needs it the most? I'm thinking Eli Drinkwitz, and it's it, to me it's it's Missouri, and then there's a gap before you get to Miami and Cristobal, based on how this season has gone. Yeah, and also the perception when you get that announced contract extension, and it was a weird time when Drinkwitz got it and had it announced. Mark Stoops gets a contract extension. So all the talk about, you know, Nebraska reaching out. Which I, came out before the Vandy game. I guarantee you that happened, or though. Or happened, signed before the Vandy game, You know game, right? Nebraska reached out the moment they had an opening. Yeah. He started to, they started talking with his agent, and then they leveraged that with Kentucky to get what he wanted at Kentucky. So I also think he was never really going to leave for Nebraska if he gets the, the extension so quickly. But... It's it's another it's another example of we're too far beyond anything that's reasonable with college coaching contracts that Mark Stoops this year is getting that kind of extension. And the budgets that the programs are under, you've got to have your boosters and donors and everyone with a hand in the in the bucket, right? Like feeling like they have some ownership in it. And if as long as they're continuing and want to extend these guys and the buyout money's there, I mean, the 80s are going to placate to the money as well. Like, Stoops is now under contract until 2031. And he is currently making $6.3 million, And starting fe- in February, this extension will boost it over $8 million a year. And this is uh, on the heels of a season where in the preseason, they were predicted number two in the East. To now, they're at the they're they're bottom dwelling with Vandy and Missouri, looking up at the rest of the conference right now, right? Like that's it's odd that you go ahead and give him the extension prior to the Vanderbilt game. 
knowing how we view it now, and, and look, it, he's it's a very just, good coach. It's fear, like everything but of what though? Like uh, you've got a ten-year, like at some point, you got to call him on his bluff. Yeah, so that that's but why the, I compared them to Ole Miss last week. Like Kentucky's going to pay up, and and I think that also tells you that the donors are paying up on behalf of the football program. But at Ole Miss, like we haven't heard that from Ole Miss currently. Um, well, we got the one report out that they're going to make him a top 10 highest paid coach where he's currently 11th. Right. So it's some a, small jump That up. would be like a $350,000 increase in pay, which he's probably going to get if he makes a New Year's Day bowl game. And it's not going to happen now based on what we've seen and they're finished to the season against Arkansas. But yeah, it's just some programs just jump out there. That way they end the talk. And that's also, I think, a good comparison because no matter what you give Kiffin, the talk's going to continue. And with Stoops... The minute this comes out, you're like, okay, you, you just erase Nebraska from your mind as a candidate there. But with, with Kiffin, his name would continue to surface even if he signed an extension right now because a team, you're thinking about the program he's going to be mentioned for and whether or not they'd pay his buyout. So many decisions are just based on fear. I mean, Kentucky extends him because they're afraid. They're afraid he's going to leave for Nebraska yeah. and they've got to go find someone else and they're perfectly comfortable with you know, 11 years with Stoops and what he's built and what he stands for and the wins that have come with that. And so they're afraid that he's going to leave them. And coaches just have all the power, and they do not discriminate in using it. It is unbelievable. I mean, at some point, you would think that these old men uh, who teach integrity and everything else with their players would just say, you know, I'm making millions I'm happy. My family's happy. I'm not going to do this to my employer again. I'm not going to come to them with this offer I'm getting from X school and get more money out of my school. But it's like this weird cabal of collusion <laughs> with all the coaches where they have just decided, yeah, I'm not going to do the right thing. If all the, the same I'm going to call up Jimmy Sexton, and he's going to call my boss, and we're going to hold him hostage because Nebraska gave me a call. And I'm going to get as much money as possible. I'm going to milk this university for all it's worth. And I'm going to keep doing that because I know my rival down the street is going to do the same thing. And we're all in this together. I mean, at some point, would someone just say, I'm not going to accept your call? I'd love to see someone just that old school. Hey, I've got a contract. I make a ton of money. I've grown to love it here. I've sold all the kids that are here on this program and this school and the state and this fan base or whatever. I'm good. I'm good with six or seven million a year or whatever I'm making right now. No one says that. They entertain every call. It's all business. And part of some of that kind of breaks my heart a little bit when it comes to, the, to this, this business of college football. Well, I'm not only, naive, but I, I just, it would be great if someone just said, I'm just not even going to entertain calls from elsewhere. Only if, you know, only if your coach who signs the extension always still gives you no zero threat of actually leaving. Like even if he doesn't get the extension, there's still a decision to make on behalf of Mark Stoops on whether or not he wants to leave the program where he's been for a decade. He's second longest tenured head coach in the SEC and what he's built it up to, you know, a, a, a hiccup this year, worse than that. But can you get back to where you were a 10 win team? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, so even without the even without the bump in pay and the extension, there's still a decision to make there because of at Kentucky, 
you're at least, and I, I get the whole football school, basketball school argument that he's got going on right now with Calipari, and he wouldn't have that in Nebraska. But it's still a, a, a restart. And the same, if not higher, expectations at Nebraska based on the division. And I know that's going away too. But at Kentucky, you can get a, again, this is a great example. You can get this extension in the midst of a huge collapse based on expectation. Although, I was surprised. Athlon has uh, the, the bowl projections out. They have Kentucky in the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame today. That's, right a, good, that's a good bowl game yeah. matchup Yeah, for both of them. You know, it's not Penn State like it always seems to be um, in, in these matchups. Right now, it's Ole Miss-Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. That's another good one. It's just, just, I'd love to see one coach just say, yeah, I'm happy, and not even work it for an extension. Now, if you wanted to come to your boss and say, look, I'm hearing from Nebraska, and I'm hearing from Auburn, and I'm hearing all yeah. this, and people are going to, you know, people are, have seen what we've done here, and they're coming after me, but I really want to stay, I think that's the way it goes down sometimes. I think there are agents who would come back and say, he will leave if you don't do this. He will take the Nebraska and you job. You kind of know, yeah. He's going to do that. Or you can come back and say, hey, I'm 10th in the SEC in pay. If we could get that to around 7 or 6, then I will stay here. I want to stay here. So let's do, do that, and then I'll be okay. I, I'm okay handling business that way if you feel like you're in some way underpaid, which it's tough to make that, that, uh, Chad. Tough to make that argument with a lot of the jobs and what they're paying right now what and the, done, the though, wins that are coming. You know, the one, yeah, and the comparison to Kiffin and Ole Miss, the program – from Kentucky to Ole Miss, what they've done at Kentucky now is they, they're out in front of it. So now it's not like you have to give them the extension in the offseason after guys start moving around or get their own extensions. Now it's, and we mentioned this last week, Ole Miss has to do more than whatever that report was, like with a top 10 paid coach. Going like because a, a $400,000 like, raise. Yeah, he's making like 7.2 or 7.3. They're paying him a lot now. But now you've got Stoops, who's making over eight starting in February. So... To get Kiffin to stay, you're giving him more than that. And so you're going to be upwards of $9, $10 million next year. And I really think that the answer is you need the programs to collude. Like You need the ability that if you're, example, if you're Nebraska and you're Trev Alberts, the athletic director, and you want to talk to Mark Stoops about the job, but you, he's fourth on the list, let's say. Okay, he's third or fourth of who you're, who you're talking to. If there was some way to actually be transparent and honest with the other athletic director, if Mitch Barnhart called and said, hey, I got a call from, and I'm guessing Jimmy Sexton, don't know, but let's just say hypothetically, it's Jimmy Sexton, represents Mark Stoops. Got a call from Jimmy. He said, you're interested in talking to him. I don't restrain any of my coaches from interviewing or talking to whoever, so I'm going to allow that. But l level with me here. Where is he on your list? Is he number one? Where is he down the list? Who all are you talking to? How concerned should I be? It actually helps both ADs for him to be honest. Right? Because I understand not wanting to show your hand completely, but if you're Mitch Barnhart, you're here, well, he's, he's third or fourth, but you know we really want th this guy or this, but this is between us. That's where he is on the list. Then you can come back to Mitch Barnhart and say, okay, I'll give you this much, but I'm not giving you the moon. Yeah, because the, I don't believe that they're going to the hire problem, him. The problem is a lot of these guys are represented by the same agencies. So you've not the ADs, I'm saying the coaches. So it's musical chairs. So there is an ulterior motive from the agent standpoint 
to not show your hand to any athletic director or program because if your guy moves out, you've got another guy that can move in, right? And so you just keep elevating. Everybody gets a bump, right? Everyone's going to get paid. Well, and the guys paying it, the other thing yeah, too, I, I, the guys paying it are the boosters, not the it's, AD, it's right? Take, the buyout, I'm Yeah, saying. my point is, like, if we just really want to get this under control, it's going to take the athletic directors, nothing to do with the agents, getting together and basically colluding to the point of, yeah. we're not going to allow the agents to drive this up. I will be honest with you if you were honest with me. I will say I'm not going over five for a first-year coach. With this right here. So whatever Jimmy Sexton is saying to you about Mark Stoops making $10 million a year here, it's not true. You have my word. You don't have to give him an extension if you don't want because of us or whatever the number is. It would take ADs communicating to lower that price. USA and Wales. It'll never happen, by the way. In a draw in the first match for, for the United States in the World Cup. We'll keep you updated on all the other scores, uh, and I mentioned England's got three points now in Group B, um, and U.S. and Wales each get a point for the draw. They will play again against England this coming Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern. Coming up, we will also dive into the NFL, a Week 11 recap, which included crazy finish to Patriots-Jets, the comments made after by the Jets quarterback and head coach, and a look at the standings from the perspective of if it isn't if it's time for the contenders to step forward. Some teams did, and we're still left with a lot of questions about others. This is Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network, taking a look at the NFL Week 11 slate of finals, all of Sunday's scores. We've got one game to go tonight, Cardinals and 49ers in Mexico City. And Chad, the, the big takeaways for me here, The Bengals have a chance after yesterday's 37-30 win over the Steelers to go on like a a mini run to solidify their chances at like one of the the wild card spots over the final three, four weeks of the season. Um, To me, they they have a chance to grab hold of one of those. Um, And I, I say that because they're getting Jamar Chase back. Things are trending in that direction. They will be in Nashville taking on a, a Titans team who's seven and three 
going to win the division, but the Bengals, to me, are going to be behind the Ravens throughout. I think the Ravens will win the division, and it could be the Cincinnati Bengals who come together, much like we saw from a year ago, and put things together in a more balanced attack. So that's number one. But looking around here, the, what the Lions are doing is impressive considering how we viewed them in the up and down waves of the 2022 season. And the Colts nearly did it again. I know. They, they nearly pulled off the upset at home against the Eagles. But the big, the big game that was very reactionary, but I don't think many people watched it because it was a bore, Patriots-Jets and how things went down in Foxborough. Punt return to end the game for a touchdown in a 10-3 game. Wild. Why the 16 punts, I think, combined in that game? 17. That was the 17th So that punt. was that was number 17 that ended the game. A crazy finish to that one. The Cowboys blowout. That was shocking to me. Yes. To watch that over the Vikings. It's funny because all week, boy, how are the Cowboys favored in Minnesota? One loss Vikings team. And they go out there and they blow them out for the Cowboys. Impressive performance there. I thought the Bills were another team that shined this weekend because of everything around the snow in, in western New York. Yep. Getting to the game, uh, a buddy of mine at my church who's got a son who works the Bills were telling me stories of members of the Bills Mafia taking snow, snowmobiles to homes of players to get them to the airport so they could fly out for this game. Or, Their offensive sorry, lineman, he get could, them to the uh, facility yes. so they could bus to the airport. Yeah. But, they could um, not leave their homes. Yeah, and, and they go in and you know they, they get it done against the Browns. Uh, and the Falcons, Hutton. The Falcons sit there in a decent spot. That's a big win over the Bears This in a, in a really good, tight, back-and-forth game. And Arthur Smith has that Falcons team in a decent playoff position, possibly, sure. right now within that division. Yeah, and we'll go through some of these game-by-game. Uh, game. And we'll start with the Falcons. 27-24. And Cordero Patterson set a new career record on Sunday, his ninth kick return for a touchdown. That broke a tie with Joshua Cribbs and Leon Washington. And you've got him. I mean, uh, I was listening to Clark Judge recently from um, NFL Football Report um, and the website he's writing for now. He, uh, he mentioned, he's like, Cordero Patterson may be their MVP on their, on their team. Think about that. And where he was, this is his fifth team. And when you hear the things about, well, sometimes it, for a player, it just comes down to fit. Or this quarterback is a bust, and it's really because of the fit with the system that he was drafted into, or the fact that the coach refuses to do anything but try to fit the square peg into the round hole. Meanwhile, uh, you've got a Bears team that, again, looks okay in a loss because of Justin Fields, who's a star. He's, a, he's got all the qualities, all the tools. They just haven't been putting it together because Poles, the new general manager, has traded away pieces in order to build for the future. And they're not far away from being extremely competitive week to week. They were here. And to me, they're, the, the Bears are just a game and a half maybe off of where the Falcons were at this time last year. Where the Falcons, for whatever reason, last year were hanging around. They had no business hanging around. And this year, they're in the mix for one of those final playoff spots. Meanwhile, the Bears, over the last, what, month and a half maybe, we have seen more play from Justin Fields and what you could see blossom into something in the future, even though he still has um, 
a, a bad interception here and there. And I know he's dealing with the shoulder. The good news, it's not his throwing shoulder. And he did finish the game, but he did end the game on the injury report. Point being, I think we're seeing two teams that are in rebuild mode, but also they're staying competitive while doing so with new regimes in place. And Justin Fields, every game, is putting on some sort of highlight reel type moment. Yeah. Uh, usually with his feet, but they've just taken the governor off of him. I feel like they've, they've designed an offense that's more conducive to what he does well. And I agree with you, Hutton. I think he's a star in the making for that reason. And now that you see him unrestricted, he's, he's doing a great job for that Bears team. And there's finally some hope with that team. And hope in Detroit, you know, with three straight wins now. Uh, with their win over the Giants, Wondell Robinson, by the way, lost for the season in that Giants loss, but great win for the Lions. And Saquon Barkley has really dropped off for the Giants recently. You know, the Lions beating the Giants 31-18. to Saquon Barkley, 35 scrimmage yards in this game against the Lions defense. Three straight wins now for the Lions, including two on the road. Keep in mind... These are the only two road wins for Dan Campbell, period, as a head coach. And we're seeing it now over a course of the last three weeks. Now the short week's coming up. You know, they've got the Thursday game on Thanksgiving. But a, a chance to push forward with some momentum. I, don't, I think it's too late in the process for the Lions to rebound all the way to the seventh seed of the postseason. But they are still a surprise. At four and six, they're in the, you know, they've, they've jumped they're in into, the fringes. They've jumped into second in the division. As I'm doing the math in my head, I mean, based on the fact they have the head-to-head well, win over Green Bay. They're trending the right way at the, in the right, right time yeah. of the year. Yeah. So, again, I'm not jumping back on the bandwagon. I have been impressed with what we've seen um, with what was a collapse after a strong competitive start where they could barely score. Now they're scoring, and they're putting it together defensively at times as well. I know you referenced the Eagles-Colts finish, but it's a pretty good two-game start for Jeff Saturday. Yeah. As head coach, they went against the Raiders and they had it. I mean, they were right there with a chance to knock off the one loss Eagles. Did not think that game was going to be that close. And the Colts had a great chance to, to win that game. He's infused some life within, within that organization, proving a lot of people wrong. Gilmore across from A.J. Brown was something to behold yesterday. A.J., who uh, the one on one battles are always entertaining. Stephon Gilmore. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, was across him 19 different times on the 25 routes that A.J. Brown was out there for. Brown caught two of four targets for 35 yards against Gilmore. That is a great performance by Gilmore uh, and a defense that desperately needs him to be closer to what he was in New England than what we saw from him in, what, Carolina in this. Well, it it goes to show, not that this is a big surprise, but Devontae Smith, the first-round pick, high draft pick, A.J. Brown on that roster, what, who do defenses value the most in terms of who they're going to put their guy yeah. up against someone on Philly? It's A.J. Brown, and we're going to see that with every opponent. Yeah, the Eagles turned the ball over twice. They had three drives that had more than two first downs in the entire game, but when they needed it, and again, they were down by 10, Jalen Hurts put together a drive to go get points and then go win the football game. So it may not count towards an MVP vote, but in that game, when they needed him to make a play, he did. And it's not on the same scale or magnitude as what we saw last night from Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes was more complete. But Hurts is giving them a boost, Chad, when they need it to go win on the road in a game where they're not – I mean, that that was a C-plus game for them. 
if that coming off their first loss, C plus game for them, and they still go on the road and beat an Indianapolis team that's playing with a little bit more heart and passion because of the interim head coach and the coaching staff coming together and trying to make the most out of their roster currently. What I thought about this. We know that Jim Ursay wants Jeff Saturday to be the guy. Ultimately, yeah, he, like he's that. off to a good start. What would the win-loss record need to be down the stretch for the majority of media to be on board with that? For them to say, okay, I was, I was wrong, and this guy's done a good job and deserves the, the job long-term. They may have already turned on that a bit based on the last two performances. Well, it's just gotten a lot quieter. Well, they, so the, the, the Colts will host the Steelers this coming week, and I think that's the Sunday night football game. If it's not, it's Monday night. It's a primetime Colt game. Colts-Steelers is Monday night. Okay. So they've got that, that, that could be the game where the national media starts to turn because everyone's going to be eyes on that storyline. And then you come out of that game, you've got Van Pelt on. You know where I'm going. I like, hope there's a Manning cast that night, given Peyton's relationship yeah. with Jeff Saturday. Colts. I don't know the schedule, but I hope that's one of the games there's a Manning cast because that will be an interesting one to watch with Peyton's stories about Jeff Saturday. They have another Monday game coming up on December 26th as well. So they've got the Chargers at home, I believe. Now that game could... No, that won't be flexed. That'll be yeah, December 26th at 7.15 Central. So here's their schedule. Colts will have the Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers. So they've got a lot of teams after this coming week that are positioning themselves for the postseason with an interim coach and what will likely be a banged-up quarterback based on what we've seen. And speaking of quarterback, Zach Wilson, awful. And, and has not been great at all uh, throughout spurts, not just spurts this season. He's, been, he's shown signs of good play. We, we saw some really strong throws against the Buffalo defense, for instance, um, a couple of weeks ago. But that is what we saw yesterday in Foxborough was abysmal. They averaged, Chad, and this is not a joke. This was a legitimate stat that I saw through uh, ESPN. The Jets' offense averaged 2.6 inches per play in the second half. <laughs> that's an amazing stat. Yeah. I mean, For someone to, to look at that and go by inches is yeah, incredible. That's how bad it was. They, in fact, Robert Sala, after the game, was gets to the podium and he's asked, would you assess the offensive performance? What do you think? And he pauses for a second. And he goes, dog bleep. And just said it. And that was it. That was the answer. Later in the interview, they're asking him, at any point, did you feel like your offense, even though it might have been a three and out, saw, gave a play or a passion, a, 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 trying to fight for an extra yard where you thought, okay, that's something we can build on. There's, something of, there, there's a sign of life. And he, his he response was, in the second half you're talking about? And the guy, the, the reporter says, no, the entire game. And he goes, yeah, um, yeah, no, I never saw that. <laughs> That's how I bad love it was. The, I love the brutal honesty. So this it, season in the NFL, with uh, <laughs> the way the Titans have been able to win at times, the Patriots, that Patriots-Jets game, it makes me really reevaluate what could be successful come playoff time. Based on what we've seen in recent years with quarterback play, with offenses, with big play capability, there are some teams like the Patriots, I'll put in that category, that can just physically dominate another team defensively and stay in a game in almost miraculous fashion that we have not seen in, in recent years, that we see more and more of this year 
I think of the Titans, the Patriots, an example. Just that game as a whole between the Jets and the Patriots. It's almost inconceivable when you think of the the NFL of even two years ago that this would happen this much. And you have a Jets defense that allowed three points the entire game and lost on the punt return. With playoff contenders, I'm saying. With, yeah. This happens at the know. bottom of the league every year with teams that no quarterback yeah. when they go head to head. But I'm talking about these are current playoff teams we're discussing that have these problems. I mentioned the Jets yet last last week. I'm looking at their upcoming schedule and thinking like, okay, if they go on the road this week and beat the Patriots, who's also been up and down this year, they could legitimately win the division based on how we had seen Buffalo play recently. Not that Buffalo's awful or average, because I think they're very good, but they're going down this slide. Meanwhile, the Jets were climbing. And then Zach Wilson was more of the Zach Wilson we have seen, where the defense, again, allows three points, and the offense in the second half gained a total of two yards. And you have Robert Sala come to the podium and say what he said, and then Zach Wilson took the podium. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Thank you. I mean. That's terrible. Get out of here. Yeah. Joe Flacco time. You don't feel like you let the defense down at all? The answer is always no. And let's put Chad's mic back on. Uh, Hello? There, there we, we go. go. Now we're here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, he let the defense down. And you've got, like, Sauce Gardner, one of the rookies, um, discussing the play and the importance of how the game unfolded, thinking, man, what a heartbreaking loss on the punt return. And he catches himself in the, in the interview I was listening to, Chad, working ahead for the weekly column with, I wanted to see what Gardner did in this game. And his response was, you know, sometimes we just need one more stop. And I'm thinking, there, you, did, you literally stopped everything. The game's tied 3-3. Your offense needs to be able to drive the football, and they couldn't. So I, bad. I don't, it, it's, it's, is that a defensive posture that he's taking? Yeah, it's, like, I think it's he's a rookie. Weird, he's a, it's weird psychology to me. I mean, he's not a rookie, but it's also Sauce a, Gardner, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm saying no. I'm talking about with Zach Wilson, going back to his comment about no, didn't let them down. Like That's just such a weird thing for anyone yeah. on the team to say, much less the starting quarterback and a leader. of The, the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we lost 10-3 to 3 on a punt return. It can't be defensive posture, though. And mustered three points. Because more times than not, more often than not, the quarterback takes the blame on that's himself. A, and not that not that's any, what I'm saying. literally is, is anyone he, else. Is he trying to, is he like sensing bad vibes from the defense? You know, in the locker room, so he's going in there and he's thinking, well, I'm going to cut this off and tell him it's not my fault up here. It's just a weird reaction. Yeah, I don't, like, he's being crushed and rightfully so for this i don't there's no way you can stand at the podium after that awful performance uh although robert sala did say he was asked about zach wilson's play and, and he didn't disagree that it was really bad but he was like well we also we didn't even run the football like we can't do anything so it's not all on wilson but that answer is indicative of where they are right now as an offense and they've got some talent on that side of the football i know that you know, Brees Hall is out for the season, but James Robinson's there. And then on the outside, everyone from Garrett Wilson to uh, other top performers with a chance to just move the football. That was, and this is also a team that has not won against New England since 2015. 14 straight. And you felt like lost. this was a year to, I mean, it's 3-3. Three, three. <laughs>
You don't even have to score a touchdown to beat them. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not a big napper. I've never been known to take many naps lately, but I just happened to lay down on my couch During just that? for a short time, and I had it on uh, Red Zone yeah. yesterday. And there's just one spot on my couch where if I lay on my left side on this one couch in my house, I fall asleep within five minutes every time, no matter what time of day. Happened to doze off, and I woke up to the sounds of the announcers going crazy on the punt return for the touchdown in that game when they went live to Patriots-Jets, and that's how I saw the replay of the punt return that won them the game. Coming up, our, your injury update going into Week 12. We'll tell you about your favorite team, uh, maybe the team you're playing this week for your favorite team or your fantasy team and how it's going to impact your week. The latest injury report and some stars coming back to teams this week as well. This is Outkick 360. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chad, I've got your updated NFL injury report. Coming off of week 11. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Um, Justin Fields day-to-day with his left shoulder injury. Uh, Bears coach Matt Eberflus would not rule out the possibility that Fields' season could be over. He suffered the injury and the loss yesterday to the Falcons and then was carted to the locker room after the game holding his shoulder But at the end of the game. That's interesting, though, because a lot of coaches, while they won't divulge like the significance of the injury, they will say, like, He's, it's not season-ending. It's not IR-worthy. That's not what Eberflus has said yet. And quite frankly, we won't hear from Justin Fields until uh, Wednesday at the earliest, it seems like. Kyle Pitts is headed to injured reserve. That sucks for the Falcons. Uh, torn MCL is the injury, and um, headed to IR means he's, he's missing at least four games, but this is uh, he's had additional MRIs to get some second opinions on this today. So we'll have further details on him. But again, he's headed to injured reserve. Good news for the Commanders. They continue to win. They're a game above 500. If the 49ers lose tonight, they're in the postseason as of tomorrow. And they're getting Chase Young back. He's officially coming back. Um, He's been activated. And he's on the 53-man roster now. Of course, he tore his ACL last year and has not played since. This is a... Huge upswing for Washington as we begin the true backstretch of the season now. And it's another team that defies what I would expect from an NFL team that's successful from a couple years ago when you watch how they're getting it done. they That's a terrible Texans team. They were impressive in that game, though, watching some of that yesterday. And they've got, oh. they've got a ridiculous defensive line and front seven that they bring to the table. Yeah. Um, but they, they've got a tried-and-true formula now, I feel like, where they could do some damage. And the formula includes Taylor Heineke. Like, it, it would be breaking news to me if Carson Wentz is coming back to start because he's out, he, there's a chance he was healthy enough to return to practice this week, and I think you know, they, they've said it's Heineke that's going to remain the starter. And rightfully, he's 4-1 and one this year 
five and one in their last six road games with Heineke. So um, two and four with Carson Wentz, by the way. Heineke's team right now. I mean, it, you start Carson Wentz, you get what you ask for, I feel like, from a win-loss perspective. Heineke, though, we've gone through this once before where I started to buy into they may have their franchise quarterback and it slipped for them. I want to see this continue. That win-loss record is good. You can't. You got to keep an eye on that. It's like 10 or 11 and they're, 3 now. They're way more successful winning when he's playing. I want to see a little bit more, but he's he's been good lately. Yes. Uh, Colt McCoy was good for the Cardinals uh, in his last start. Kyler Murray still dealing with a hamstring issue. Colt McCoy will start for the Cardinals tonight on Monday Night Football against the 49ers in Mexico City. The Broncos have released Melvin Gordon off their roster. Fumbling issues, um, and they've he, he fumbled again. He's uh, It's double-digit fumbles. He's lost five of them. He's gone. He's a, a free agent now. He spent each of the last three seasons in Denver and now has a chance to get picked up as a backup or a practice squad option for a team that's trying to look for some depth um, going into the postseason. But right now it's Latavius Murray because they also lost the running back, and I'm going to blank on his name, that was traded from the Dolphins to the Broncos, uh, Chase Edmonds. He's got a high ankle sprain, so he's going to miss a month or so. Jamison Williams returns to practice for the first time. Tore his ACL for Alabama. Yep. Now he's practicing for the Lions, and there's talk that they could get him into the lineup midway through December. For a team that's won three straight? Also, and uh, we, we mentioned them earlier, but right there on the outskirts of the playoff picture right now, the Detroit Lions need them to win one more, Hutton, before we go at Armando Salguero <laughs> no, for his do that. Lions hate. I won't do that. Oh, I'm waiting. I need one more Lions win, and then I'm going to bring that <laughs> up to him. After, it's not three straight, it's four straight. That's going to get me to ask Armando about the Lions. I'll dare to do it. <laughs> Wondell Robinson, Chad mentioned earlier show, he's out for the season now with a uh, – it's an ACL injury, yeah, towards ACL. And then uh, Adoree Jackson's going to miss four to six weeks. So his regular season's over as well with an MCL sprain for the New York football Giants. Coming up, Cole Kublik joins us. We turn our attention to the Southeastern Conference across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360.